Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. I am sitting out here on the back deck, and it is seasonably cool. In fact, probably not too many more podcasts from the back deck, which is, this is my second year doing this, and uh, one of the most enjoyable things, I think, is being able to sit on the back deck and do the podcast throughout the summer. Um, But at this point, the summer has winded down. Um, Actually, I think tomorrow is October. And there's still a couple games left to this season. Uh, nothing much worth watching. Um, O'Neill Cruz has gone on a nice run here at the end of the year. Um, it's been disappointing that um, the last two starts by Michael Burrows and uh, Quinn Priester were not good <clears throat> in AAA. And that may have very well sealed the, uh, the idea that, you know, we might bring them. They probably had the idea to bring them up for a cup of coffee at the end of this year. Um, But neither of them did well. And actually, Mike Burroughs did so bad. Um, He threw, I think, 25 pitches and gave up seven hits and six earned runs or something like that. So, you know, it's at a point where I'm worried about him. I hope that he's doing okay. This is the first year that he has pitched at least 100 innings. Um, So my concern is obviously not that it's just fatigue or rust, You know, I'm just hoping that he's healthy, you know. Um, I'm sure Quinn Priester is healthy. And I think he's even going to the Arizona Fall League. Because he really hasn't pitched many innings this year. But we really don't know. One thing we don't know about Quinn Priester is will he be good enough to be a starter in the major leagues. Um, I don't know who he compares to. Probably like a Nick Lodolo type. um, Who was a guy who came up with the Reds this year. Who's done pretty good. Uh, you know, it's just, it takes a few years to figure out if someone's going to be good enough to be a starter in the major leagues. Um, whether you're a hitter or a pitcher, really, I mean, when you're a pitcher, you know, you might come up and do really well initially, uh, because nobody's really seen you and nobody knows how to attack you. Um, but a lot of times people figure that out kind of like they have with Will Crow towards the end of this year. Um, People kind of figure out what you're trying to do to them, you know, when you have a plan. And it's kind of like the opposite of what O'Neill Cruz has done. Like, he figured out what pitchers were trying to do to him as far as um, the off-speed pitches and really throwing him off his timing. Um, And I did see that video that was going around Twitter that kind of showed that, you know, he's quick enough to wait on those pitches um, so he doesn't have to look fastball and swing fastball. Um, he can look fastball and still be ready to swing off speed or look off speed and still be ready to swing fastball because when he makes contact with the barrel, the ball goes far. Um, really, he's, he's got to be in the top five as far as when he makes contact, he hits the ball really hard. You know, there's a few guys in baseball that hit the ball really hard. And there's a couple other young guys that hit the ball really hard, but he's one of them, you know. Um, He hits those line drives that, uh, you know, they're still going up when they reach the outfield. So, I mean, that is when you know you have a real strong guy, you know. I guess my point is, I don't know if we learned much about the rookies this year. Um, There was a lot, I guess, that were pretty bad. Um, Bly Madris probably had no 
you know, he, he probably wouldn't have gotten a cup of coffee on any other team. Um, but he was doing pretty good at the time in the in AAA, and they decided to give him a look. And no, no, the first couple games he did okay, but then I guess, kind of like I said, pitchers will adjust to you if you're not a major league quality player. And uh, he got real bad. I mean, he was averaging around one hit for every 10 at-bats towards the end of his um, cup of coffee. So we had a lot of guys like that that just didn't do well at all, you know, that were really disappointing with their cup of coffee. And then we have some guys that are kind of in between, like um, uh, I would say Rodolfo Castro. And he's been up here two years now, two separate occasions. And we still don't know if he's going to hit enough to be a regular player. You know, like Rodolfo Castro, he has a lot of games where he goes 0 for 4 with three strikeouts or even 0 for 3 strikes out every time, you know. Jack Suwinski, same thing. I mean, he hit a lot of home runs early on, but I think pitchers adjusted to him, you know. So I think it would be pretty reckless to just pencil in Jack Suwinski as a corner outfielder for your team next year. But that that's what I think the Pirates are going to do <clears throat> because he's cheap and that's just what the Pirates do. So um, he was, other than those first, other than that first month and a half, Jack Sawinski's been pretty disappointing. Cal Mitchell was pretty disappointing. A second round pick. Um, he's hitting around 220, I think, at this point. But it's a pretty light 220. Um, he's made some mistakes in the outfield, not just with his arm, but also um, playing balls in the outfield. He makes some of the plays, but he just doesn't make enough of the plays consistently to be a major league player. So, and I think we're gonna we're gonna find out more of that stuff next year. You know, um, there's probably gonna be guys like Blake Sable who are gonna come up and probably not be good enough to be a major league player. And then there's a couple hitters that are gonna come up next year that have a shot to be a major league hitter. I don't think um, Swaggerty has a shot. I think he's going to be kind of like, he kind of reminds me of um, Marcano, except for an outfielder where he's going to be a plus defender at a position. Like Marcano could be a plus defender at second base, but he just does not hit the ball enough to be a major leaguer. And I think that's what you're going to see with Swaggerty. They're probably going to bring him up because he was a first round pick or a first round talent and Ben Sherrington seems to really like those guys. You know, he'll sign anybody that was at one time a first-round pick, no matter how big a bust they were for their team, like your Anthony Alfords and the guy they're playing at first base right now, uh, Zach Collins. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's going to work out for those couple of guys. The two guys that have a shot, I think, to hit major league pitching. This year, um, it was O'Neill Cruz. You know, he's good enough to hit major league pitching. And then next year, you have um, the catcher, Andy Rodriguez. Uh, He certainly has a shot to hit major league pitching. I mean, we don't know yet, and we're going to have to see it for extended periods, like more than one complete year. Um, But I think that he has a chance, and I think that Nick Gonzalez has a chance, although he's he's been really disappointing. And the one thing that people don't like about Nick Gonzalez is that, you know, for the lack of power that he shows, he strikes out a lot. You know, you don't mind if you have a power hitter strike out a lot. For instance, if Jack Suwinski was willing to um, or able to or capable of putting up, let's say, 28 home runs in a full season, 
they would be fine with him striking out three or four times a game for here on here out. You know, I mean, he won't be as good as um, the guy for the Phillies. And he, he, that's a good example. I'll bring that up right now because the Phillies are just finishing their game. Um, the Phillies had a guy named uh, Schwarber. Um, and you know him as a Cub. Um, but he's done a good job on the Phillies this year. Even though he struck out 200 times and even though he batted 210, the guy hit 42 home runs, you know, with an almost 800 ops. So there you're looking, you're like, yeah, that's the kind of guy that um, is worth it, you know. Now, they're not going to get a Kyle Schwarber on this um, Pirates team, um, but Suwinski would be probably good enough if he could hit at least 28 home runs to go with those 200 strikeouts, you know. But whether he's capable of doing that, I'm not sure because he got a lot of those home runs before pitchers knew where to attack him, you know. And now that they kind of attack him high, you know, um, and he seems to swing at that high pitch a lot, uh, and it's a big hole in his swing, you know, he's just not putting up the home runs that he was earlier, you know. He has like two or three home runs in his last 100 at-bats, and his first 100 at-bats, he had over 10. So, I mean, that'll tell you, you know, the difference when you have um, pitchers looking at film, professional players looking at film and finding ways to attack you. And that's probably the biggest difference between the Pirates and most of the other teams in baseball is that those teams have professional players. They have veteran players that have played four to five years already. They really know what to expect and they're good enough to do it, you know? Like other teams know what to know how to target them, but they're still good enough to do it, you know? And even though you might have a down year like a Carlos Correa because pitchers know how to target you, and maybe he, you know, you go to a different team and there's more pressure on you or whatnot. Carlos Correa still bats 280 with 25 home runs in a down year. Um, and that is the kind of guy, well, the Pirates are never going to have a guy like that unless they get lucky and extend someone early on. And I think people are probably barking up the right tree when they're saying that you could extend O'Neill Cruz to a similar extension that you did with Starling Marte. Uh, I think that's probably a good gamble at this point, because even if Cruz never really gets that good at making contact, he just hits the ball so hard that he's someone you want to have on your team. And if you could extend him and actually have him on the Pirates for seven years instead of three and a half years, um, I think that's what you're looking for, you know, with this team. And again, I don't expect the Pirates to ever make it out of last place, let alone contend under Ben Sherrington, or maybe until 2027 when you get a a salary floor. But I I, I think at this point, you're not barking up the wrong tree if you're looking to extend someone like O'Neill Cruz. Now, whether he'll accept a team extension, I kind of doubt. I kind of feel like he's the guy that has a big ego and is going to bet on himself, you know? Uh, Mitch Keller is a guy that I would see signing an extension. And usually the guys who sign these type of extensions are international players. Um, but I think with, um, with Michael Harris, with the Braves this year, um, he is not an international player, and he was willing to sign an extension early on. And man, is that guy really good, you know? By far the best rookie hitter in the league this year. And he wasn't really on anyone's radar. Uh, a lot of people were talking about Torkelson and Cruz and guys like that. 
Um, and he comes up and puts up by far <clears throat> the best year out of any of those guys in either league. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you never know who's going to pan out. A guy who could potentially pan out to be that good and have been completely under the radar is Andy Rodriguez. Because, really, you're really wowed by him. And I notice a lot of people that follow the Pirates minor leagues, like Anthony, um, they're really wowed by Andy Rodriguez because, you know what? I mean, we're used to accepting mediocrity with the Pirates. So when somebody has a good week or two, we get excited about it. But man, he has answered the call time in and time out, and he's doing it at the higher levels. You know, it's not like Nick Gonzalez last year in high A. It's not like Matt Frazier last year in high A. He's doing it in double and triple A, you know, and he's doing it as a catcher. And he's doing it with just amazing defensive abilities as a catcher. When you look at how many guys he threw out, you know, this year trying to steal. Um, as well as just doing other catcher shit, you know? Or, you know, if you wanted to play him in the infield, he's a much better second baseman already than Rodolfo Castro. So wherever you want to stick him, I wouldn't think it would be second base, although they played him for a few games this year um, in AAA at second base. Uh, That's a waste of a defensive talent, you know, to have him be your second baseman, you know? It's one thing if you have to play O'Neill Cruz at first base, because he just makes too many mistakes at shortstop. He could be a really good first baseman. I mean, the guy's six foot seven. He's shown the ability to really stretch and catch balls, even at second base. So, I mean, I think O'Neill Cruz, the one position that I could see him as a plus defender at would be first base, because you don't get that many um, hard ground balls as a first baseman. You get some, but most of them go to the hot corner. You know, most of them go to right field. Or, I'm sorry, third base, because most batters are right-handed. Um, but I think O'Neill Cruz could make most of the plays at first base, you know? And occasionally you'll use your arm at first base, you know? Like you'll throw, you'll, you'll maybe get the ball and throw to third or throw home. So it's not like that arm would be completely wasted at first base. But it's not where you want to play him, you know? And it's certainly not where you want to play Andy Rodriguez is at second base. I mean, someone that skilled defensively at catcher, he's got to be your catcher, you know. And we sort of had that question answered anyway, because um, it looks like, at least on my, from what I can see, it looks like Henry Davis has a good chance to bust out as a catcher. He's injury prone. You know, he hasn't hit well in the higher levels. Um, He's a guy that maybe you just throw at... um, designated hitter maybe next year if you trade the Andujar guy um, you throw uh, him right into designated hitter I don't know if Henry Davis will be ready next year to come in I think Nick Gonzalez is more likely to be ready next year to come in and I think that Andy Rodriguez is more likely to be ready but I can't think of any other good players on the hitter end you know because I'm not considering Swaggerty good or any of those guys um, like a decent player on the hitting end, other than Jiwan Bay has an outside chance to be a good enough hitter because of his plus speed, you know? And maybe he's just a little bit of a better hitter than a Marcano. So, you know, that's just what I'm looking at going into next year. And then from the pitching end, uh, and I'm trying to do this honestly, you know, there's so much fanboy media out there that I'll just try to throw optimism out there. But when you lose... When you only win 35 to 36% of your games, 
in the last, you know, 75% of the year. You cannot be optimistic going into next year, especially with a team like the Pirates, who you know, they're not going to sign anybody except for maybe a reclamation project or a reject here or there, you know. Um, or, you know, bringing up rookies that probably aren't good enough, like I said, with Blake Sable or guys like that, you know. So I'm just trying to be honest. From the pitching end, I have already mentioned a couple guys that might be good enough. Um, Quinn Priester might be good enough to stay in your rotation. Uh, Michael Burrows might be good enough to stay in your rotation. But even with those guys, you know, you're holding your breath. And you were really fortunate to get a guy like Luis Ortiz. Um, Just come up with that sort of confidence, you know. And that is a guy that could be your number three pitcher next year if you're not willing to make um, JT Brubaker your number three. Now, I personally probably would be willing to make Brubaker the number three. I would probably go... um, Keller, number one. Um, Rowanzi Contreras, number two. Only because Keller has more experience. Uh, you know I love Rowanzi, but um, I, I would just go Keller to open uh, next year in PNC Park for the home opener. Um, just because, you know, he's been around this team for quite a while. Uh, and I would still go Brubaker, number three, you know, and maybe give him the um, regular opener. And then I would go... Um, Honestly, probably Luis Ortiz, number four. I don't have a lot of confidence in that Oviedo dude, you know, even though he had one good game. He's had a lot of bad games as well. Um, But Oviedo will probably be competing for the number five starter, along with a few other guys like Bryce Wilson. And then later in the year, um, potentially like uh, Mike Burrows and Quinn Priester. And it sounds like you have a lot of depth at pitcher, but really you don't. I mean couple of those guys are going to get hurt. They might be trading Brubaker at the deadline next year. Or they might be trading Keller at the deadline next year if they're unable to extend those guys. Um, because they might not want to play, pay those guys too far into arbitration. Um, because generally, from what I've seen so far, um, the Pirates like to keep their active payroll at about $35 million under Ben Sherrington. Now, that could change, but I haven't seen anything showing that that's going to change, you know? Um, Other than that, as we go into next year, you do have some guys that might be good bench players, like a Marcano, you know? Potentially, a bench piece could be um, Cal Mitchell, you know? But I don't see a lot of improvement on this team. I see a lot of spinning wheels on this team. And I don't really see a lot of hope in the future as well. Not nearly as much as people would have you think, you know. You have a couple players here and there. And then if you're looking to the future, Jared Jones has not been good, you know. I mean, he might be good enough to make your team, but he's probably more of a reliever. Um, and the other guys, if you're talking about Anthony Solomedo and, um, and the other dude that we got in that draft... Um, you know, the guy with the mullet or whatnot. That's a long way off, you know? And you have no idea if those guys will have Tommy John, if those guys will continue to pitch well. I mean, you just, it's like trying to pick Hudson Head, you know? Hudson Head was a number 10 pick at one point, and he's terrible, you know? And that other guy we got in a trade that was a number one, you know, top 10 pick at one point, and he's terrible, you know, that pitcher. I mean, it's just, you just don't know when guys are that young, 
who's going to develop, you know? So it's pretty risky to think that either of those guys are going to be the savior in the future. And that's why I just don't think this is going to work, you know? I just don't think they draft well enough. I mean, if you look at the 2020 draft, the Cardinals had a monster 2020 draft. You know, they have some really good players from that draft. The Braves had a really good 2020 draft, you know? The Guardians had a really good 2020 draft. And we might not get anybody out of that 2020 draft, or we might just get like an okay player, like a Nick Gonzalez, but not to the talent level that some of these other teams are picking, you know? So the 2021 draft has not aged yet, obviously, but the one guy that we have seen an extended look at, um, other than some pitchers here and there, and none of those guys did really well either, um, is Henry Davis, and that's been extremely disappointing so far. So, hey, man, this might be, and I moved in from the deck because it got kind of chilly, but this might be my last podcast from the deck as we wind this year down. I guess things we have to look forward to are the draft, international signings, Rule 5. I don't think those things are going to be really exciting this year because the Pirates just don't have that many good players, you know? Like, there's nobody that would upset me that's borderline Rule 5 that they might lose, Um, last year, I felt like there were some guys that could be good, you know, that they left open for rule five. Um, and some of those guys proved to not be good like Mason Martin. And some of those guys proved to be not good enough, but made the team, you know? So we'll just have to see what happens. I'm not super excited about the rule five. I guess I'm at, it looks like during the winter meetings is when we're going to have that, um, that, uh, lottery, the draft lottery. So I guess that'll be interesting. I'll I'll watch it, you know. I'll at least be following it on my phone, I'm sure. Wherever I'm at at that point in the winter, I'll be watching that on my phone, you know. And if I'm working that night, I'm going to take a break just to check it out and see where the Pirates got uh, in that first, first ever MLB lottery. But anyway, enjoy the weekend. Um, I do believe it's Friday. Enjoy the weekend, watch some college football, watch some Steelers, but do me a favor, get outside, enjoy this fall weather, spend some time with your family and your kids and stuff like that. Don't just sit on your couch drinking beer, smoking weed all weekend, you know? It might sound fun, but there's better things that you could be doing with your life. Peace out.